journaling allows you to go into so much detail with the things that you need to work on. You can then journal about the fact that you've worked on them. So then you can sort of say, okay, well, this is how I'm moving towards that year goal. And then that's how I'm moving towards that five-year goal. Today's episode is presented by goalkeeping.com. Welcome back to a new episode of the Club Sun Podcast. We are your host, Marcus Sundin, and alongside me is Alexander Brams, as always. Today, we're joined by a new guest, Harrison the Venice Mears. Welcome to the podcast. Well done with the name, eh? It's fantastic. I'm really yeah, was, happy to be here. It's a pleasure to have you. I was kind of nervous to, uh, to get this one uh, right, to be honest. Yeah, it's a big double barrel name, but no, you, you you executed it perfectly. Sounds good. For the listeners out there, today we're going to talk a little bit about studying the game. Um, it's a topic we we settle on together, and we're going to jump into that a bit later. But uh, we wanted to talk a little bit about first. You went to University of South Florida, um, played I guess four years there, got your bachelor's degree as well. And now you are a pro in Romania. Can you take us a little bit back and tell us about your time at University of South Florida first, maybe where you actually combined studies with uh, with playing D1 soccer in, in the States? Yeah, that's definitely what I wanted to talk about. Uh, just share my experience of, of college soccer, as it's called there. But yeah, taking taking my football over to the US, um, you know, doing university and playing at the same time. Uh, the idea sort of came up over coffee when I was about 20 uh, in Australia, which is quite late in the process. Usually guys go when they're 18, 19, but I never really saw it as, as my path. I wanted to go pro, but, um, you know, I just really was struggling to get opportunities in Australia. I was trying to study as well at the same time. And um, really, I, I just realized like I need to be looked at with a fresh pair of eyes. Um, you know, like there's so much, I guess, with, I don't know there's so much politics in football sometimes and you know I just wanted to get out and, and be looked at by by a completely different set of eyes and and that's sort of what college gave me was that opportunity and um, I loved every minute of it and, and yeah that's that's basically what I wanted to talk about today with you guys. Yeah I mean both Alex and I can obviously re- relate Alex been to college himself and I mean it's a common topic for us to to obviously talk about um, but taking it even further along, then going from college to then sign a pro contract is obviously a big step as well. How has it been uh, your time here in uh, in Romania? How has it been so far being a pro? Yeah, I mean, it was always my dream to play in Europe. You know, uh, I'm sure it's, I don't know, you guys are from Europe, so it might be a bit different. But, you know, coming from... Australia, especially, I know it's the same in South America, like Europe is the, is the pinnacle, you know, that's where you want to get to. So um, when I finished college, I, I was uh, with, with a bunch of different clubs in the US, um, but there was a, a, a chance uh, sort of opportunity that came up to, to try my luck in Romania. Um, and, you know, I came over there and, I, and the, the opportunity wasn't really settled yet, actually. Um, I didn't have a date yet for a trial and I'd sent my video out to about nine different clubs, um, emails, only one of them responded. And, um, 
it happened to be one of the biggest clubs in the country, uh, Rapid Bucharest, which has a huge fan base, um, like crazy ultras, like seriously crazy ultras. Um, but I didn't realize that at the time. And, and, you know, I just rocked up to the trial just like I would rock up to any training session. I was super relaxed. Like, I can't believe how relaxed I was. But, um, you know, one week trial turned into a two week trial. Then they took me to Turkey for a training camp. And, and while I was in Turkey, they, they got me to sign a contract. And, um, yeah, I signed for two years, which was amazing. Um, you know, first pro contract, like having a two year deal was just gave me the security I needed. Um, which I was super fortunate for. And, um, and yeah, just like took everything in like, man, pro football is crazy, dude. Like, um, I remember like my first transfer window, um, and we were light on keepers, you know, and I was just like waiting for the day that, you know, some, a keeper would get signed basically. And, um, mate they, they signed two <laughs> they signed two keepers like in one day and it's just like our, our goalkeeper squad's gone from two to four and just like that like uh you know your chances of, of playing have maybe gone from pretty good to pretty slim and it's been so competitive it, it's been so different to, to college man like the quality is just immensely higher you know yeah and, and talking about that i know we have uh, a decent amount of our listeners are current college students and of course uh, college goalkeepers uh, because obviously we are goalkeeping podcast but uh, can you talk a little bit about your transition from from the college game because as many said I'm in college right now and that's obviously competitive in the level I'm at I'll like take it to the next level to even be more competitive in the in the pro system how was the transition overall going from from college to to being a pro yeah, I mean, the biggest, the biggest challenge for me was like figuring out what I was going to do with my time, you know, like in college, man, you're like training in the morning, then you got classes and then you're socializing and, and like your schedule's like packed, you know, I'm sure Alex, like you, you was this, you were the same, right? Um, sure. It was like when you're a pro, like you've got training in the morning and then, you know, the rest of your day is sort of free, you know, so like 12 midday, like I'm done, Um and, um, and that was a huge transition for me. Like, what do I do with the afternoons? Like, you know, I wanted to work on myself, on my body, on my mind. And, but you know, how far can you go? Like how far is too far? You know, how much is too much until you start, uh, sort of exhausting yourself. Um, so I definitely hit that limit within the few, the first few months. I think I just wanted it so bad. I was hitting the gym a lot. I was doing a lot of double sessions, you know, I'd, I'd come in in the morning, train with the team and then about 4 PM. I'd come in on my own and do sort of extra stuff, you know, maybe work with the ball on my feet, hand-eye coordination stuff and, you know, push myself in the gym, of course. Um, and then, uh, you know, just the mental exhaustion started to set in after about 12 months, uh, especially because I wasn't playing at the time. I wasn't getting picked. So I wasn't, you know, being, it wasn't really paying off as I thought it might've. Um, yeah. I think, you know, everyone goes through these sort of trials and tribulations. doesn't matter what the level is, but, um, yeah, I think just sort of using every resource that I picked up while I was in America has really helped me. Um, you know, like I, I try and, I try and explore all different kinds of training techniques, um, whether it's physical, mental, psychological, analyzing video, um, you know, working on tactical stuff. Like, you know, I think 
just for me, like I like exploring all those options, you know, whereas for someone else that they, they might prefer something, you know, a little bit more of a simple approach. I think everyone's different like that, you know? Yeah, completely agree. And also interesting to, to take a little deeper into your background and, and your experience so far. And as mentioned, today's topic is going to be studying the divided into two parts as well, where one of it being, uh, we want to discuss a little bit about the importance of getting an education alongside playing, playing soccer, of course, or football, uh, as we want to, as we want to say. Um, and also the second part, which we want to talk about today is um, you are going to explain a little bit about how you study and analyze your own game in order to, to increase and develop yourself to become a better goalkeeper and how it's been a big benefit to your own career. Um, but if you take a look back um, to where we all are, sorry, I'm the only one still in college, but where we've all been then, um, yeah. Yeah. we obviously took this step to go uh, to the States, all of us, to to get a degree alongside playing soccer. Um, some would say it's uh, we get a degree so we have something to fall back on. Uh, I'm not a big fan of that term, but... Um, I either. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but, you just have to look yeah. at... Um, like, I read a really good book when I was younger, when I was a teenager. I don't know if you guys have read it. It's called Das Reboot. Um, it, it's like the subheading is like the modernization of German football. Um, and it's, it's set sort of after the 2004, um, where I think Greece, Greece won the 2004 Euros and Germany got knocked out in the group stage. Um, and it was sort of like this huge tragedy. Um, and, you know, 10 years later, exactly 10 years later in 2014, they, they won the World Cup. Um, you know, so it sort of takes you from literally the day of, of them getting knocked out in 2004 till the day that that, uh, that they win the World Cup. And it, it sort of talks about all the things that they changed at the German FA in that time. Um, and one of the things that they talk about in depth is that, um, I can't remember the actual statistics, but the difference is like an 80% increase in high school diplomas that the team in 2014 had compared to 2004. Um, so education of players and them finishing high school became such an important part of, of the development of professional players. And they talk about like the context of that and i think they've just realized that schooling and education like develop crucial skills like i mean you think self-discipline diligence cooperation in sort of group your organization skills and and things like um and that's just that's just the basis of it you know you, you learn these things while you're learning in school um and then also you know if if you're a different things if you've learned how to learn I think that's the most important thing that that you learn in school and you learn in universities you learn how to teach yourself things um and I guess that sort of flows into what you wanted to talk about later is like how you can learn to teach your best goalkeeper you can be you know I think I, I think it, it's pretty it's pretty self-explanatory no yeah I definitely agree that if I look back at my time in college which was three and a half years um, if I look back, the most important thing I learned is probably that I learned how to learn, uh, not the, because the education system is, sorry for the United States listeners, the US education system is behind. Uh, it's not the best. Uh, half of what I learned in my business classes, I already learned in high school, in business high school in Denmark, but it was good to get it again in English. Um, but as you said, 
I learned how to learn. And I've <laughs> taken this into, as you, um, the topic is a bit studying the game. I've taken this into studying the game and being a nerd about the position, because that's, as you said, right now, when, when you're a pro, you have a lot of time. And I myself, I have a lot of time because you're only at the training ground two, three hours max. Uh, and then, well, you have a whole day. What do you do? Yeah. And yeah, obviously, study the game, study other keepers, study, you know, I made all this social media uh, to study myself, to study others, to talk with others, this podcast, to learn. And I learned so much from this podcast. We've done 60 plus episodes now and right. keepers yeah. all over the world. And it is... It's, and now you're helping other people learn. And that's exactly. like, that's the most amazing part of it. You know? It is, it is. And it's purely a win-win-win because we learn. We, yeah, yeah. We, we talk to others, we meet others, we grow our network and we uh, make other people learn. We, right, yeah, right, exactly. Of course, yeah. I mean, you look at like, there's some big players as well. Like I know Vincent Company has a, has a, a master's in business, uh, which I think he, he took throughout his career while playing um you know Mata, yeah. yeah exactly and Juan Mata I think has a university degree as well and um you know it's also like one day you're going to retire and then and then what are you going to do after that you know maybe you learn something along the way that that you really have a keen interest in and um I, th I think there's a part of it as well that like is, is part of your identity and like if you identify yourself just as a football player um I think there's some huge issues that can come up with that. Um, I know modern day goalkeeping, like they, they always talk about, you know, what happens when players don't reach professional level after, after they've been released from the academy, say. Um, and, you know, it's because they've lost that sense of self that they can't be a footballer anymore, but it's what they identify as. So there's like sort of, there's almost like death there that they, and they grieve from that, you know, people grieve from that. Like, um, of course. Um, but you know, if you have other interests, I think the education path sort of gives you other interests. You learn about all, all different kinds of things. Um, then I, I feel like there's, there's not such like a, a loss after you've, even if after you've retired from a professional career, I know so many pros struggle, you know, with a sense of purpose after they finish. Um, and, and I know lots of people struggle with a sense of purpose while they're pros, you know, <laughs> Um, there's a lot of pros i don't think people realize this but there's a lot of professional players that don't enjoy playing football like mm -hmm. there's so many and the, the reason they do it is because they don't know anything else you know it's it's the thing that pays the bills and they don't know what they do if they didn't have it so they're sort of doing this job day in day out that they don't really enjoy um and that in itself creates a lot of problems you know yeah i've, I've heard stories uh, about um, the former tottenham player asu ikoto uh, about yeah. how he, he hated it uh, but it yeah, paid yeah, the yeah. bills and I mean obviously it was a good pay when he played at Tottenham but also that's we talked with the Monday GK we talked with him Lee Robinson about how important it is to have something next to football because otherwise you just go and worry and worry and worry and that put pressure on you Absolutely. because then your performance reflects suddenly on your paycheck and you don't want to have that kind of pressure so that's why like college is a good thing because then you have something on the part obviously you don't get paid but if you get to that later on, you get paid, then you know that you have to have something on the side. So I also have another job where I'm a college agent. Uh, so I help people to college, which is super yeah. cool. And then I, yeah, yeah, I help yeah. people and love that. So 
So yeah, uh, but we're going away from topic a little bit here. Uh, it's a great chat, but let's uh, studying the game. So right. you wanted to study, no, you wanted to talk about studying the game. So how do you, Harrison Mears, study the game? Um, I think the, the, it all started for me uh, when, I, when I had a coach when I was about 16 years old. Um, and I was, I was playing in Australia at that point at a you know, semi-professional level, like really low level, to be honest. And just by chance, we got uh, a coach called um, Mark McCormack. And he's now the, you know, the under-18s coach at Austria Vienna. Um, but he came with a lot of experience. He had a UEFA A license, and it was the first, like, it was the first UEFA coach I'd ever had. And he just blew my mind. Um, so I'd always be asking him all these questions about, you know, the tactics and, and stuff like that. And he, he used these principles that I now know is, is part of like a juego de posición sort of um, philosophy. It's similar to what Guardiola would use in, in terms of like positional play and people respecting their position on the field. Um, and basically he told me to, to read, he sent me to this website. It's a German website called Spielverlogung. I mean, my German's terrible, but Spielverlogung. And it was at the time, like a really high level of football analysis. Um, you know, like I read my first article, I couldn't understand. It, it might've been written in Chinese. Like I would, like, it was so hard to understand. There were so many really like, like really detailed, like just words that didn't make sense unless you knew the definition. Like um, they were speaking their own sort of football language. But, you know, I, I, over time, I every article on that on that page and since then the authors are you know the authors were 19 20 they were like really young and now they've, they've gone on to have professional coaching careers afterwards like these are really highly talented guys um and and i guess the level of the website's gone down a bit but it really like left its mark on me that you know if you read and you, and you put some time in and you look for resources like you can have your mind blown even in football you know like um words can mean so much um but you know that's just that was just the first step and then i started studying um exercise physiology strength and conditioning and and i studied that how you can you know physically prepare yourself for training sessions um you know using video analysis i mean you can watch other goalkeepers i, I remember what i used to do was i used to play fifa right from the goalkeeper right and it's so realistic because obviously they use like really high tech biomechanics to make these animations. Right. And I remember watching and analyzing the FIFA, like the goal, I mean, how they're making saves, what are they doing? Um, and, and yeah, it like really helped me informing my own technique. Um, and then you, you know, you can watch training footage of other players on YouTube. Like there's so much stuff um, that you can watch. I mean, Lee, like I, I got to meet Lee, you know, Lee Robinson from modern day goalkeeping, but, and like, I was so happy. I got to tell him how much he helped me as, as a player, you know, um, because I, I think he's helping like thousands, hundreds of thousands probably of players like all over the planet. I'm sure of it. Sure. Yeah. Like for the mental side, I, I became really interested in the mental side of things when I went to university, uh, because it was really a grind there. Like, um, you know, I, I wanted to sort of make the most of my time there. So I started reading books, um, you know, about sort of mental toughness and things like that. Um, leadership, sort of creating 
this idea of like creating your own personal journey. I mean, I can list a couple of books for you like that were my favorites. Um, like Grit by Angela Duckworth was great. That was like a really sciencey explanation of, of what grit is, perseverance, basically. Um, Legacy by James Kerr, like was such a great sort of analysis on the team culture behind the, you know, the best team in the world, which is England uh, rugby team. Um, they're the most successful team on the planet. Um, the Alchemist by Paulo Coelho, which is, I don't know, have you guys read that? It's like an international bestseller. Um, I mean, just talking about how we all have our own personal journey and our own purpose here and, and you know, finding that and, and going for it if it's, if it's something that you love doing. And it was a really lighthearted book um, that really hit me in the right place. And then the other one is uh, Meditations by Marcus Aurelius. I don't know, do you, have you guys read that? Marcus Aurelius was a, a Roman emperor um, and it's basically like his journal of like of like what what he was thinking and feeling and as as the head of the largest empire ever you know or one of the largest empires of its time definitely um, and yeah talking about sort of his downfalls and 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 his trials and tribulations and I mean it's thousands of you know so um, you can learn so much from the experience of other people. And I felt like reading might really help me um, for sure. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think, again, like, as I said before, just learning to learn, like once you learn how to learn, you can teach yourself almost anything. Um, you know, some of the smartest people I've ever met don't have any qualifications. They're just like very diligent people, <laughs> you know? Yeah. Exactly. Um, and uh, I'm going to tell my story, how I got into the mental side of the of the game now, uh, because I got inspired by your story as well. And so it was in college also when I got into it and I had a psychology class, which makes sense that I got into psychology. But I learned a lot in yeah. that class. It was super hard. I only got a C, but I really like this was one of the first classes where I really tried to to learn uh, and it was really interesting. That's when I started coming into the sports psychology side of it. Uh, it started then because I always I was always thinking a little bit in the games. There were always these moments. So, all right, we're up 3-0. Everything's good. All right, I'm thinking about, okay, what are we going to do after the game? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, exactly. And what am I going to tell my mom? Okay, 3 nothing clean sheet. Then, boom, out of nothing, 3-1. And I think I could have yeah. done more at the goal. So, I was like, okay, I need to work on this. I need to be focused for... We had a podcast about this being focused for 90 minutes. You can't, but you can direct your focus into the important moments. And that's when I got into sports psychology. That's that uh, you said, learn how to learn. I was starting to think about thinking also. Uh, yeah. It's getting technical now, but. Uh, and you watch. I've got something you should watch. It's um, it's uh, the Oxford Union, which is like a, a, a society at Oxford University. Mm -hmm. They had Peter Cech as a guest. Okay. Um, yeah. And it's, it's about, I think it's about an hour long and yeah, yeah. they ask him a bunch of questions, but man, does that guy have a, an amazing approach to goalkeeping and his oh, yeah. psyche is just bulletproof, man. Like, yeah, I think um, uh, he's, a, he's a prime example of, of one of the best, like they right now, it keeps every half year, they go around social media with the stats of how good he was. And then, right. yeah, he's, he discovered Mindy was like, okay, he plays in this thing, but hey, look at him. He's so good. And then, yeah, obviously yeah. Uh, goalkeeper of the year. Um, and a book that I read, um, 
one of the first ones, uh, was uh, Sokotov 1 and 2 by Dan Abrahams, which he's a sports psychologist that we're going to have on this podcast one day, hopefully. And he like describes everything in these books. Like Sokotov 1 is the basic like soccer psychology. It was not, mm-hmm. not goal gaming, but obviously I could put it into the position. And then that helped me a lot. And that made me think more about how I could stay focused and dealing with ants and so on. All these things that are really important for keepers. And then Sokotov 2 is even better. And then obviously uh, there's a Danish book. Uh, you can't read that yet unless you learn <laughs> Danish, but it's a it's a great one as well by Henrik Jarsbeck. Um, but yeah, those three books, um, I'm not a big reader. I didn't even read a lot in college. Um, I just found different ways to, I'm going to edit this out. I found different ways to pass classes. Definitely going to edit this out. Marcus, if you need, if you need college hacks, let me know. Uh, I'm going I mean, back. there's audio books as well. You know, like it's becoming so accessible. Um, exactly. Podcasts, for example, exactly. like this. Exactly. Exactly. Um, but I, and I still think like the most important, I mean, the most important thing for me was always training. You know, it was always the gold standard for getting better was training. Like, yes, we have all these additional things that we're doing, but that, you know, an hour and a half in the morning, or if it's only an hour, or if maybe it's two hours, like that training is the most important part. And, um, you know, the gold standard for me was being focused and setting an intention during that, during that period. Um, and then also like ensuring my neural drive, like the, you know, neural drive is basically the connection between your brain and your body. And it's, it's what I guess allows you to explode as, as maximally as possible in a dive or, or be a tent and scream and, 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 and direct and, um, you know, have energy basically and have movement. Um, and it can be affected by all kinds of stuff like your motivation and things like that. And, um, you know, I feel like that's so important is just having the right amount of neural drive during a training session. Um, and when you're training every day, like you can't be at your max every day, um, but you can be as close to your max as possible on that day. And I think it's like, that comes down to focus and intention of the training session. You know? um, and, you know, I still have issues with that, man. Like I, I have this form. I don't know if you make yourself questionnaires or whatever. I, I have two questionnaires that I made for myself. So before every training session, it's basically, you know, how good my sleep was, how rested I feel, how much energy I feel I have. And then after the session, it's, you know, how much enjoyment did I have? How did I feel I performed technically? And the third one is how much uh, energy did I feel I had for that session? Um, and over time, I can track, you know, how are these scores going and how do they relate? And, you know, basically it helps me to make sure that for every training session, I am trying to get these numbers as high as possible, you know? Um, and, you know, without that, like, I feel like I'd be a bit, a bit lost, you know, like the training sessions come and go so quickly. Um, you know, if you don't monitor yourself, a business without an accountant, like what, what happens? Like, you don't know what, what money's coming in, what money's going out, how much stock do we have? Um, it's so important to keep track of, of these things. Um, and I think for, for sports, it's no different. Uh, how do you guys feel about journaling? You guys journal. From uh, from my perspective, uh, haven't done it a lot, but I've heard so many good things about writing down things. For example, you're grateful for what happened during the day that you're very grateful for, and even 
for example, let's just take it day by day. Let's say when you wake up in the morning, you write three things you want to accomplish during the day or you want to focus on becoming better during the day. Let's say you have a training session. You just say, write down today. I want to give it a hundred. Then at the end of, of the day, you, you put down and say things you're grateful for. And I've heard a lot of people that's really benefiting from that. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I journal, I journal as much as I can. Obviously some days I, I just don't have uh, the energy to, or I'm doing some other things like, you know, I'm human. Um, but the way I describe journaling is, you know, you, you can set long-term goals for the next five years. You know, like I, I want to play in, I want to be in a Europa league squad or a champions league squad one day. You know, I'm not afraid to say that so it's probably a five-year goal for me. Right. Um, and then I can set a goal for this year as like, you know, I want to play X amount of matches this year or something like that. That's pretty easy. But how on a daily basis do I track that over time? That's the hard part. And for me, that's what journaling is. So, you know, if I'm struggling with certain things in a training session, um, you know, these are things that are going to repeat themselves over and over again. But unless I'm aware of them, how do I know that they've repeated themselves? So unless I'm journaling, you know, I, I lost a ball in a possession drill and got scored on. All right. So if that ha comes up again in a couple of weeks, then I know, okay, well, that's something I need to work on. Or, you know, maybe I, I'm struggling with crosses at the moment to the near post and, or, or something like that. You know, journaling allows you to go into so much detail with the things that you need to work on. And then you can then journal about the fact that you've worked on them. So then you can sort of say, okay, well, this is how I'm moving towards that year goal. And then that's how I'm moving towards that five-year goal. You know, um, it's just keeping an account of, of your progress over time. Otherwise, like I said, like you, you might just get lost, you know, there's, there's so many things going on. There's so many training sessions. There's, you know, so many actions, like how can you, how can you track that over time? And I think it's so important. Yeah. I mean, Harrison, I think it's a very interesting approach to, to this topic. Um, because I think a lot of people think um, this episode that is going to be studying the game, you know, a lot of people nowadays would say, okay, that's maybe watching video from, from your own games or watching pro goalkeepers and see how they do it. Um, and that's honestly what I thought we would talk about today. But I found that this episode took us in another direction, which is completely fine. And episode, that's when we get unexpected things. And I really, you take studying the game to maybe even self-development. Like I said, it, it all comes down to learning how to learn. I think if, if anyone takes away anything from this, from this podcast, um, studying the game, I think, you know, just to study something, to learn something, you have to know how to do that. And I think we all learn that in school. I think that's the best thing about school. Um, the best thing about university as well is we just learn to learn and, and once you've mastered that, you can, you can basically, with the internet, learn whatever you want. Completely agree. And uh, as we mentioned, with episodes like this, there is so much content for the, for the goalkeepers out there to, to listen to, to watch, to, to improve their own game. And uh, that's the reason why we're doing it. Before we jump to the end here, uh, due to our name, The Gloves on Podcast, we have our common question to our guest and that's uh what's your favorite clubs and and why um well i'm uh i'm currently using a uh, grip mode gloves um from from uh, modern goalkeeping 
Um, he's a he's a friend of mine. He also went to college, um, and we met over there. And, and um, no, he's he's an amazing guy, Misha, uh, Mike Balvin, super super motivated guy. Like I've known, and his gloves are great. I I love them. Um, you know what I'm loving though is uh, the non grip gloves. They are amazing. I don't know if you guys have used them yet, but they're insane. Like like gripless gr- gloves. I know modern day goalkeeping does them. Um, but no, yeah, we had him on for we had him on for an episode talking about just in a specific episode talking about how it can improve your goalkeeping to uh, have training sessions with non-grip gloves. Yeah, man, you should get a pair. Like they're honestly like really, really interesting. Help you in a bunch of different ways. Um, but my my favorite ever gloves is probably um, probably an Adidas, an old Adidas pair. I know Vandersar used to wear them. Like so, we're talking a couple years ago um but mate like really thick fingers like really thick padding as well back when they used to be like pretty clunky um i just remember being young and just catching everything in those like felt like i couldn't drop anything in them but they don't really make them the same anymore fair enough uh harrison i think we are coming to the end of, of the podcast and as i mentioned a minute ago it took us in a way that i didn't expect but i'm very grateful it went that way because i learned something today and I hope Alex learned something today. We always learn something. Uh, and most importantly, I hope people listening to this episode uh, learn something as well. So uh, we are very grateful that you took your time today and shared your knowledge on, on the podcast. No, so happy uh, you guys are doing this. I think it's great. Um, and I'm really happy that, that you guys invited me on here. So thank you very much. And to you guys still listening out there, please go follow Gloves on Podcast on your favorite social media, leave a review and share this with one other goalkeeper for them to keep improving. Catch you on the next episode of Gloves on Podcast.